you're in with the ghost of radio. Welcome back. It's this, our shared podcast about mid-century horror radio. Everyone's number one genre, or at least everyone around. This cauldron, filled with episodes to be picked out at random and enjoyed in the same way. Let's do it. Alrighty. We have an episode from Suspense called The Easy Victim. The Easy Victim from Suspense. Oh, I have a feeling you may enjoy this. But you will never know until you go to the internet. Type in relicradio.com or archive.org. In both places, you will find everything. If you want to get there a little faster, you can open up your non-tracking search engine and type in Suspense Radio Single Episodes. And soon, you will be listening to this one. And since the suspense site is so enormous on archive, this is from October 25th of 1959. You know, I haven't talked about how ever since archive.org changed their format so they don't just have the episodes listed on one screen, it's multiple screens, it makes it so much harder to search by name on there. They don't know who they are crossing with that new setup. They wouldn't want to anger this ghost. But until I let them know about it, that's how it is. So look at October 25th, 1959. You will find Easy Victim. Off you go. See you soon. Okay, we are all back from listening. And what did you make of it? I like this episode very much. We are on a roll with this cauldron lately. It is wonderful to have an episode like this where the tables are turned in a way that I think on first listen, which is what you've just had, is a 100% surprise. We have talked about how twist endings, everyone thinks, ooh, you have to surprise people. They can't know what's going to happen or it won't be scary. Oh, hell's no, you can be very scared by something you know is coming because you know it's coming and you cannot stop it. You as the person experiencing the art or you as a character in the story. But here, the surprise is really wonderful because it drives you to want to immediately listen to this episode again, knowing what you know, where every interaction that every character has now has intense double meaning, right? Of course, right. Let's get started with it, with our first reliving, as we listen to our intro from Suspense. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. A is one way or another, as we bring you The Easy Victim, written especially for Suspense, by Harold Huber. Now, for a good episode, this starts out pretty boring, right? Same old, same old. A man has gambling debts to the mob. He hasn't paid, so a a very sophisticated 
guy comes, a hitman comes to threaten him. And, oh, I didn't think someone in the mob would be so erudite. Ay, 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 ay. This was overworked 20 years earlier. It's not looking good in 1959. The parting advice the hitman gives him is ridiculous. But if we listen to it knowing what we know, oh, why were we so blind to this very obvious hint? A corpse can never pay. As long as I'm alive, there's a chance that I can. I'm inclined to agree, provided... Provided what? That you accept a basic principle. What principle? Well, when you can't get money any other way, you have to marry it. Marry it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're someone whose society won't let have any role of authority and... If men get to have all the authority and money, and you don't because you're a woman, what are you going to do? How are you going to get that money? Oh, you have to marry it. Even though the advice is ridiculous coming from the hitman to another man, like, oh, in the next two days you have to marry a rich woman, you can do that, right? Oh, it's not ridiculous advice when we think about the star of the show, who is actually made it her practice for a long time, for a few husbands now. We are going to meet our protagonist here, and she is played by Elspeth Eric. Oh, you know that name from the CBS. Ooh, all the connections are happening. We listened to the CBS last week. We're still getting over it. Elspeth Eric wrote like a 100 scripts for them. She was in a lot of radio productions, um, and she was in The Haunting Hour, Inner Sanctum and Suspense, if we think about mid-century horror. But she did everything. She did the full range. She was a young woman who graduated from college in the 40s, I guess, with a double major in economics and English, and was looking for jobs in business. She went to business school as well when she switched over to working in radio. So she's someone who tried to crack into the men's world and probably encountered a lot of stiff opposition. She may know whereof she writes in this episode. Well, she didn't write it. Whereof she acts. Here she is acting. She is playing the role of the, oh, the ridiculous older lady who doesn't know what's coming, right? My one quarrel with her her acting here, especially at the beginning, she tones it down a little bit toward the end, is she's just straight up trying to do an Agnes Moorhead impression. She is working every last Agnes trait. Like, at the end of drawing out her words like this, while her voice goes down. Everything Agnes Moorhead did, she's trying to do here. And we know Agnes Moorhead was in many, many episodes of suspense throughout its run. Maybe they wanted her for this and couldn't get her at the last minute. It's Elspeth Thexton Eric stepping in. Yes, Miss Bungalow D. This is Mrs. Jason. What? Mr. Ames, what a delightful surprise. Well, I'm fine, thank you. Where are you calling from? Here at the hotel. How wonderful. Oh, of course, Mr. Ames. Oh, Mr. Ames, really. <laughs> oh, please, Mr. Ames, you almost embarrass me. I mean, after all, it is a switchboard. <laughs> Well, yes, I did miss you. Mm-hmm. You did too, really? 
Well, of course I'm glad. Oh, dinner tonight? Well, I, I did have a tentative appointment. I really shouldn't... Well, no, I'd never in the world want you to feel that way. Oh, well, we can't have that, can we? Well, I'll make an excuse. The tentative appointment is very nice, you'll understand. Uh, but just to be sure we don't hurt his feelings, let's dine away from here tonight. No, 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 no. You decide on the place, Mr. Evans. Time, whatever's agreeable to you. You decide, Mr. Ames, and I'll be ready. Oh, the knowledge we have from already having heard this story. Oh, I already had another victim lined up. I was just starting to work on him. Do I want to switch potential victims now? Oh, I think I do. Oh, you're very handsome and very sudden, and it will be a lot of fun watching you think I don't know what's going on. Oh, the double meaning really gives even extra life to this. It was good on the first listen when we were scared for her like her nephew is, and it's great on the second listen when we know that we should be scared for him, but we don't care enough to be scared. I think we're pretty much on her side. What gets you about Ella? She's great in that you get the feeling she sat down and worked this out. There are other things she could have done. She has talent. She could have tried to go into business. She could have done other things. She decided to go this way. She decided to do this at some point in her life. Maybe she looked in the mirror when she turned 45 and thought, you know what? I'm good looking and old enough to play the vulnerable, stupid, rich widow. That would be so easy. Ah, oh, thank goodness for double indemnity life insurance. <laughs> it is moving many a plot. It works well here. She just decided this is the best way for her to make money. Easy, fun, you get taken out to dinner, have some good sex maybe, and then you just get rid of the guy. <laughs> it's all working out. Now, trying to mess up her system is her innocent, innocent nephew. Again, listen to this exchange knowing what you know, and you just revel in it. And I say that you are making a mistake, Aunt Ella, a bad mistake. You're going into this without... you don't know what you're saying. I assure you I am not a child. I know what I'm doing. You, can't know. you don't know enough about him. I know all I need to know. Her. Ever since you phoned me, I have been worried. Would I have rushed here to the hotel? Would I interfere like this if I weren't convinced that you've been hasty? I'm sure you mean well, Herbert, but you're very young. Bear in mind, I am ten years older than you, and I am not altogether without experience Look, here. I understand, but I have been doing some research on Mr. Ames. Research? I've... You sound so businesslike. Oh, no, please, dear. please. It's all right. It's charming. You are so young. Will you listen to me? I found out things that you should know. No, Herbert, that will do. You couldn't have found out anything of real importance that I don't know. A woman's instinct, Herbert. In a matter like this, trust a woman's instinct. Yes, but I prefer facts. Arthur Ames and I will be married tomorrow. That is a fact. And you'll see, dear, everything will be perfect. Aunt Ella, I'm surprised at you. You can't afford to be wrong in a marriage. And I'm not. So if you'll For all me... you know, if he's what I think he is, he may be dangerous to you. Dangerous to me? Oh, Herbert, my dear, dangerous. Really, really, darling, that is funny. That is positively funny. It is funny because she knows that she is dangerous to him. 
And in that scene with her nephew where he says, I'm worried that he's going to take advantage of you. I'm worried that he might even, he doesn't say it, but but kill you. It's a moment where she has to kind of be testing him. Like, has he caught on three husbands later that she does this? And what would she have to do if he had caught on? If he had said to her, Aunt Ella, I get it. I'm not stupid. I know what you've been doing. What would have happened then? We get the obverse, the reverse of that situation here, where, of course, she marries the guy and he starts cooking up all sorts of crazy things, but it has to start with them signing life insurance policies on each other. And she, it's like layers on layers here, she pretends that she doesn't know what he's up to, but she decides to spook him just a little bit, kind of scare him that maybe she does, but then lard it on that she does not. And he is in the position she was in of of worrying, like, does this person get what I'm doing? Oh, no, she doesn't. I'm good. It's a nice little mirroring of the two scenes. And again, knowing what we know, she's enjoying this so much. This one's fun for her. This one's fun because he hasn't waited at all. He is just going to try to kill her ASAP. She knows it. She can have no regrets or pangs of conscience about it. He wants to play the game. Oh, she's going to play it. And she's enjoying stretching it out. She's willing to take a few risks. It's all worth it in the end for her. And if you don't love what you do, why do it? Oh, don't explain. I believe I understand. See, I'm not quite as innocent as you may think. I beg your pardon? I know some things, and I see right through you. Hello, really? We've been married so short a time, I was so carefree, and now so unexpectedly... Ella, I I don't understand this. Don't fool me for a minute. Men like you are all alike. Your minds work overtime, thinking of ways and means to provide security and protection for your wives. You're such a dear, Arthur, so thoughtful. Oh, Ella, for a moment... Yes, of course. I simply no, feel, no, darling... No, 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 no more talk of death, darling. Do whatever you think is right. I couldn't advise you anyway. Well, you see, this particular policy is a family one. Each of us becomes the beneficiary of the other. There are four pages of small print, which I'll explain darling, to you. Darling, don't bother. I'll leave it to you. Just tell me what we have to sign, and we'll sign it. Now, let's forget that we are listening for the second time and remember how upset we are. This is one of the turnarounds in the plot that I enjoy the fact, I should be clear, I'm getting all head up. I appreciate that this turns out to be a woman who is not an easy victim. It's the man who is the easy victim. He's the victim of his own sexism. But I do have some qualms, of course, about the fact that we are meant to listen to the whole episode, fearing every moment that she is going to be killed, expecting it. How many episodes have we heard that are about a man driving his wife up to an abandoned, deserted place and killing her, and nine times out of ten, it works. So the first time we're listening to this, we don't like it, that they're driving up to the lookout at midnight so she can see the view at midnight. (laughs) What view? We don't like it at all. And we are caught in that unpleasant position of expecting that she will die, and kind of hoping that will happen just to get it over with, just to put her out of her misery. We don't like being in that position. When she turns out not to be dead at the end of the scene, it's the first 
flip, right? It's the first twist. We think at this point it's just an accident. We don't yet understand that she knew exactly what he was doing. And again, she's enjoying it. Yeah, let's go up. Let's go up to the overlook. I'd love to do that. I'd love to grab you so tightly while we're up there that you have to stop pushing me over because I'm going to pull you right down with me. And then I'm going to say, oh my goodness. I mean, you could have gone over the cliff with me. No, dear, I've never been on top of Mount High Point. Oh, it's a magnificent view. You'll love it. How high is it? Oh, a couple of thousand feet. Oh, don't laugh at me, but I'm a little bit afraid. Afraid? Well, of height. Is it perfectly safe? I'll be with you, dear. I'll take care of you. There's a a railing or something? Well, not at the spot I have in mind, but don't worry. Oh, you think I'm a sissy. Oh, no, not at all. But you've got to see this view by moonlight, I insist. Yes. See? We're almost at the top. Hmm. Nobody else in sight? Who deserted? No, most people don't come to this particular spot. That's why I like it. You want to share it with me. I understand. Hmm. Well, end of the road. Now we walk a few feet. And then... Well, then you'll see. Uh, this way. Wind, I can hardly stand yeah, up. I'll take your arm, Dolly. There we are. Now, just a few steps to the edge. Oh, Arthur, we're too close. Uh, I'm holding you, darling. No. Here, right at the edge. That, that's where Arthur, the view is. No, I'm spinning. Don't grab me like that, dear. I've got you. I've got you. She's right up there in snow white levels and she's loving it. Oh, she can't wait to come home just a few days later. The guy has no remorse and find him working on the attic stairs. Oh, this just gives her a little extra fun before she drops the hammer. It was a little gift to her from him. Yes, darling. Such a rocket, dear. What in the world are you doing? Oh, I'm refitting the top steps on the cellar stair. They were loose. Oh, I'm sorry for the noise. I didn't expect you in so soon. I finished shopping early. Oh, you should have called the handyman, dear. Look at you. Darling, something's wrong. You look so strange. Really? Well, anyway, it's finished. Steps finished. Oh. Oh, my back. Now, you see, you shouldn't have done this. Unaccustomed type of activity, even for an athlete like you. Yes. Really hurts. i got to sit a minute. Oh, and I teach you. Is it very bad? (laughs) Kind of. Ella, I I left a sweater down there. Would you mind... No, no, not a bit, dear. I'll run down. Arthur! Do you know what you did? You finished the top step and you forgot to put in the next... I, I did? Well, aren't we lucky I saw that in time. I could have fallen down and broken my neck. Arthur, don't look so stricken. I'm not hurt. Everybody makes mistakes. Oh, that is perfect at the end. Don't look so upset. <laughs> don't look so upset that I'm not hurt. You made a mistake in underestimating what I'm aware of. Don't look so stricken that I'm still alive and you made a mistake in what I would fall for. Maybe I'll give you another chance. 
Well, when she comes home, it seems like the next day, and oh my goodness, he's made arrangements for them to go to Deserted Death Cottage all alone in the off-season for hunting. (laughs) Finally, it's boring for her. Like, you know, you've run out of imagination. These are... You're not even trying. You're not even trying anymore. And so she has to call it. Like, it's been fun, but uh, I think enough time has passed and I'm getting bored. And so here it goes. We are rolling through this ending and we are appreciating it, both remembering the first time we heard it and got the whammy and the second time we're hearing it now for the double whammy. And uh, so I phoned you this afternoon, darling, as soon as I got word the cabin at Big Lake was available. I hope this hasn't rushed you too much. No, not too much, dear. He said you wanted us to leave right after dinner. He gave me plenty of time. Want coffee, dear? Thanks, thanks, yes. Uh, you uh, remember to tell Clarabelle that we wouldn't need her up there? I let her go right after you called. I told her she'd have three days off. Good, good. More fun to rough it ourselves in such a place. Is the lake really so beautiful? Oh, yes. It's magnificent. Perfect, in fact. And you said we'll have the whole area to ourselves? Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nobody up there right now. That's why we get the off-season rate, including the use of the boating equipment. Mm, sounds ideal. Oh, you can't imagine what it's like in a canoe in the middle of that lake. First thing tomorrow morning, you'll find out. Mm. Well, are we about ready? Long drive in the dark. Arthur, dear, you didn't have to pay in advance for the cabin. Why, uh, no. Not even a deposit? No, but, well, I have to pay uh, eventually. What difference does it make? Thrift, darling, thrift. See, I don't intend to go there alone. Alone? What is this? We're both going there. No, no, dear. No, you're not going anywhere. What? What? Oh, my poor dear Arthur, you're such an amateur... So inept and so foolishly brave, you persist in challenging professionals in their own field. First as a gambler... Well, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. Oh, darling, I knew about that from the beginning. And then as a murderer, really, dear, it's pathetic. Those sadly obvious attempts, a cliff, a staircase, and now a canoe. Ellen, no, no. And that, above listen. all, to choose as your first victim of all people, me, darling. You're my fifth. Ella, what are you saying? That inevitable policy. Both of us insured. <sighs> Don't you see? I knew I could count on you for that. Ella, Ella, stop this. Stop it. Or I'm Don't, don't try to get... Not, not anymore. Not after drinking that coffee. I prepared so carefully for you. It's too late. Henry couldn't get up. And before him, Clarence. And before him, William. Et cetera, dear. You see? I... Dear, and you never could have. Just to think, my nephew Herbert, who should by this time have known better, thought you were a mistake. You monster! That's not like you. It's almost rude. You know I've no head for business. And a lady must live. And if you can't earn money, you have to marry it. Interesting that she says, my nephew, who should have known better by now. She doesn't really want him to find her out, does he? Does he have money she might get? Or is he her only heir? 
She wants to make sure he doesn't get any ideas about getting that money a little sooner. At the beginning there where he says, I hope I didn't rush you. And she says, no, you told me we'd go right after dinner. It gave me plenty of time. Gave me plenty of time to poison the coffee and in, in an invisible way. Oh, I had all the time I needed. Thanks. Uh, it is well done. Again, you get the twist at the end, but you get the two minor twists of her not dying when she's supposed to, so that by the time he's bringing up the hilariously named Big Lake, <laughs> is there some place called Big Lake somewhere? You are beginning to wonder, like, okay, two strikes. I guess he'll finally kill her this time. Or or you think, oh, no, I, I get it. There's going to be a twist that maybe they both die in a car accident on the way up there. Or maybe just he dies in a car accident. That's the twist you may think is coming. Like, oh, he is going to take her up there to kill her, but somehow he'll die. You do not expect the twist that you get unexpected and in the best possible way. I was ghosting around some other episodes and just came across one of the episodes that really defines the sick category that we ignore, that we avoid, that we reject and shut down because it really dove deeply into really enjoying dangling a woman over the abyss of torture and death, and then letting her fall into it and laughing at her about it. That episode, which of course will be nameless, it goes to an extreme, but how many episodes have we heard that just do kind of small variations on that, that aren't as bad, but have the same general idea that women cannot avoid being prey? Well, nice to see that there was one woman who knew how to avoid it. How long will she wait? couple weeks, couple months before she gets married again. Depends on how much money she spends and how quickly she does it. I mean, she does have to watch out that she doesn't start to look suspicious. All right, let's get our outro from Suspense to wrap this up. Suspense. You've been listening to The Easy Victim. Written for Suspense by Harold Huber. Heard in tonight's story were Elspeth Eric as Ella, Paul McGrath as Art, Bob Reddick as Herbert, and Leon Janney as Don. Produced and directed by Paul Roberts. Listen again next week when we return with Re-Entry, a story of man's first flight into space. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. On CBS Radio. Oh, that got swallowed up. It fell into an abyss. Maybe it went up to the windy observation point and accidentally got shoved overboard. Ah, oh, that is the easy victim from Suspense, and we enjoyed it. We have been on a pretty good roll as Season 7 wends its way, so looking forward to more of that when we gather around this cauldron next week. 
as we come back from Big Lake to our safe and sound homes in Houston, Kansas City, Tacoma, and La Mesa. May we all be as much in charge of our own fates as Aunt Ella, but not have to resort to murderousness to be in a position of security. That's the golden mean. That's what we achieve together as we meet. So, until we reestablish that formula next week, go your way. Be safe, be happy, and I'll see you soon. Hey, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Oh, Herbert.